The 10-Pence Arcade Podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the real arcade of Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With free regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no pie like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamespie.co.uk and get involved. The 10-Pence Arcade Podcast is now a proud member of the Throwback Network. Hello, welcome to Timmet's Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, alias Vertvic. And I'm Sean Holly, a.k.a. Sean Holly. A lot of thought went into that. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> anyway, what have we been up to since the last podcast, bloke? Well, me, I've just been uh, doing a lot of gaming. I've gone back to Raiden 2, Raiden 2 which I said I wouldn't do, but um, it's been re- uh, released again in May, hasn't it? Yes, uh, May 155. Yeah, and... Um, I think it's a lot better, actually. It runs a lot smoother than the version I was playing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I managed 286k on it uh, earlier on today. It's not bad, yeah. And DX is good as well, which is also on the um, on the new uh, version of MAME. Yeah, that's the one that wasn't emulated before, yeah? So they're all emulated now. Yeah. Apart from 3 and 4, obviously, the later versions. Yeah, and I've also obviously been playing this game, uh, Rygar, Game of the Week. And I've had a strange message from uh, someone about a game called Loverboy. Do you know anything about that? No, no, denying all knowledge. <laughs> it's this crazy game. I, I recommend our listeners to play Loverboy on MAME. Don't play it at work. Put it <laughs> that way. It's um interesting. Put it that way. The reason, well, I found it on MAME just by accident. I was just going through a few MAME games, and I found it on there, and I thought, oh, that rings a bell. I'm sure that's a ROM swap with Uncle Pooh, which is a great little game. And uh, it's very sort of similar graphic-wise, I suppose, but um, <clears throat> explicit. Yeah, don't yeah. be playing that at work, or don't let the wife see you playing it. Yeah, the lead character, he, has a, he wears a purple fedora and um, not much else. Yeah. We should stop talking about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolute filth. It's, it's insane. Disgusting. How it got released, I will never know. Anyway, go on. Uh, I think it got released in Japan only, which is uh, a little slightly dodgy area sometimes, especially in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing stupid Rygar. Oh, God's sake. Excellent Rygar. We'll get on to that later. Yeah, no, no. We'll get on to that later on. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Nuts and Milk, which is, which is a NES game, a really cool NES game that Alex put me onto, actually. It's really, um, you know, you said it was, um, is it Sunsoft? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was. I thought it was a Nintendo, but it actually is. You pair of fools. It's by Hudson. Right. And uh, I've been playing a bit of that, but I've been playing it on an arcade cab, and it's one of the games that should have been in the arcade, I reckon. It's a great little game, really cool little thing. I've also been playing in television again. Strangely addictive old thing, that. I was trying to beat my burger time score, which I did by loads, which is quite cool. Uh, I had our friend and regular listener, Dave O'Round, the other day after work. Um, he lives quite a way away, but I think he's up here for work sometimes, and he wanted to have a, a nose around my Naomi machine. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's converting his one that I sold him, which is an upright Naomi, into a racing machine. I sold him some bits to make it into a racer, and he's just got some wires and, and stuff he had to put back in it, and he, he needed to have a nose around to see which ones he was actually after, because there's so many different combinations of uh, game you can play on that machine. It's called a Naomi Universal. You can put steering wheel on it, guns, 
analog joysticks, all sorts of bits and bobs. So um, I gave him a bit of hand with that. Mm, it sounds good. Yeah, that's about it, really. I've been playing a few arcade games this morning. Um, what I'm trying to do at the moment is um, I'm quite good at a game called Kicker. I keep going on about that. It's about the only game I'm any good at. And <laughs> yeah. uh, the world record is it's a marathon record. I was listening to the Broken Token guys. They were at an event where this guy was actually doing, I think he played for 40 hours or something. It was a ridiculous amount of time at God. Kicker. It's a very easy game, but to keep going at that sort of rate is mad. And I think the record is is oh, over 20 million, which would take over 20 hours. It must be, I don't know, maybe it's closer to 40 million. I don't know. It's a ridiculous amount. I mean, it's just telephone numbers. What I was going to do is there's another record on, on Twin Galaxies, which is all the extreme settings. And you play it on the hardest level you can play it on. And I think you only get one extra life through the whole game. Right. And the record on that is 2 million, which takes nearly two hours to do. I've just been practicing sort of having a go of it and just finding my feet where, you know, what sort of level it starts at. Because when you play it normally, you get an extra life every 40 or 50,000. It's quite easy to do. Yeah. But this one's a bit harder because you obviously only get that one life and that's it. So I'm sort of playing at that. And I've been getting sort of 200,000, but not even trying at the moment. So right. I'm sort of going to have a go at that, I think. And so I was playing a bit of that this morning, but I just couldn't get into it. So I went back to Rygar and had a few games of that. When you get into that kind of level, it's kind of an endurance thing, isn't it? You've got the skill, but you've also got to have the, the endurance to do it. Yeah, you've got to keep your mind focused for that long. And the actual World Guinness, Guinness Book of Records world record uh, rules on marathon games is you can only have, I think it's something like five minutes for every hour play. And what you can do is you can stack up your hours, but you're only allowed, I think, up to 45 minutes break at a time. Right. Um, so you have to stack up like nine hours worth of gaming before you can have 45-minute rest. And then you can just go to sleep or whatever. But you obviously lose the lives yeah. as the games because no one's allowed to touch the game at all. And obviously you've stacked up so many lives. And this guy had stacked up 255 lives. And when it got <laughs> to 255, nobody knew what was going to go on. And it, it did actually roll round to zero. So he was playing the game with no lives at one point. Oh, he just sort no. of laughed and just kept playing. I was like, wow, what a guy. You know, I think this is the guy... I spoke to him in 2008 at Fun Spot because I was at the World Championships then in 2008. There was loads of decent players there. And we was just there with a friend of mine just roaming around playing the games. I actually got to speak to the guy. I kept seeing him on it. And in the end, I actually got to speak to him. He said, oh, the record's 22 million. And I was on like 700,000. I thought, oh, I'll go home then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was sort of no chance. God. That's about it, really. Um, been working like a maniac, which is annoying because I've been out playing any games. And I really need to get into that garage and play some games. I've got to fix my damn dig dug as well. It's had no monitor in it now for ages, and it's really bugging me. Every time I go in there, I look at it and think, oh, I've got to get that done, I've got to get that done. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully soon. And I want to try and get it done before the death race comes. I've actually put money down on that now. Oh, so yeah, when's that due? I don't know. Um, the guy in Germany is going to get it all wrapped up and secure for me and bubble-wrapped and palleted and all this sort of stuff, and then it's going to be uh, shipped across hopefully soon. So I don't know. I've got to pay him the rest of the money, obviously. I paid him a deposit so he knows I'm serious. Yeah. Um, and I'm also in in the, hopefully, sort of in the dealings for another black and white cab. We won't go into that yet. I've got to sort of twist someone's arm a little bit to get it out of them. Yeah. But twist, I will. <laughs> okay, then. Let's do arcade news from around the world and local areas. Yes. And I've got a few. Uh, there's ArcAid 2. So Arcade Aid at the Cambridge Centre of Computer History, uh, where volunteers get together and help repair the museum's own cabs. Um, I did the first one, 
with a load of people, and it was quite interesting. Well, I'm not really skilled at fixing the machines. Really. I can do sort of a, a few mechanical bits and a, a few little technical bits. I was doing my best. And we got a couple of cabs working, and there's a few that needed just some simple tweaks, which I managed to do for them. And there was yeah. a few that didn't get fixed. So what they're going to do now is going to work out what they need doing and have another one. And hopefully there's going to be some uh, more technical guys there. I know there's a few people who sort of promised to come. I won't sort of mention their names so far because they're not actually, you know, sort of confirmed. But hopefully they will be because they're really knowledgeable guys and they will help out no end. Yeah. And the other sort of um, reason for it is a lot of people go there to watch these guys and learn a few things about the machines as well. Plenty of keen guys who want to be able to fix their own machines. Even it's just, you know, wiring a cab up themselves. Do you need me to come along and do a talk about anything about you know them them green things that go in the back of the cabs? The green things, got, yeah, they've got black bits on, and apparently they make the game work. Do you, do you need me to talk about that? You sound just the man <laughs> to stay away and don't even think about coming down. <laughs> Thank you. Very well, much. to be honest with you, it's 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 also for a few non-technical guys who just want to help out because uh, they do learn a lot, and I'm hopefully going to do a little talk with a sort of projector and, and tell people how to wire a jammer machine up, you know, the 56-pin right. edge connector and tell them what all the pins do and where they go. It's quite a simple thing to do, but if you don't know, you've never done it before, it's quite daunting. And also, yeah. you've got 240 volts AC in our country anyway, um, yeah. and you don't want to put that one the wrong way because that will hurt or yes. break your boards or whatever. <laughs> so that's going to be pretty good. It was a lot of fun last time, and Jason, the guy who sort of um, runs it, is a great, genuine bloke. And... Uh, he was quite interesting to talk to. He did a little talk about the, the history of his collecting and how he turned it into a museum. And it's, it's been backed by, I think, lottery funding now. So yeah. it's, it's a decent ongoing concern. And the actual museum part of it is really, really nice. It's one of the better ones I've been to. So that's coming up. I think that's in November. And we've also got the RGP New Frontier end of November, December meetup in Blackburn near you. Uh, not sure exact dates yet. James and Andy will give us some dates before long, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, I am too. Yeah, we've um, got, we got some business. Uh, yes, yes, we you need to rematch. You and I have got some unfinished we? business because you beat my score on Space App. Yeah. How dare you? I'm pointing my finger at the webcam right now. Do you know, somebody else on that um, at Play Expo, I think I got 161,000. Somebody else got 169. Really? Don't know what genius did that, but perhaps they were on speed or something. But yeah, yeah. an amazing score. Yeah, because the thing with that game, it's such an old game. Um, you can't put your name in, can you? No, no. Ah, no. If anyone, if anyone was at Play Expo, is listening to this, who got that one six nine thousand, give us a give us a call. We're interested to see. You know, we've got yeah. a little competition going here, and I do. I want to play that game again. You, I got one hundred and forty-four. You got one six three. One six one. One six one. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty good score. And Lunar Rescue which we really got into at Revival that time. Yeah, if it's there. I th is it in um, the Space Invaders cab in a multi? Um, yes, it's definitely on yeah. a multi in a Space Invaders, so hopefully that'll be pretty good. And you want to have a go at Time Pilot again, yeah? Yeah, I need to improve on that. Um, I got beaten by Fuzzy and Phil V85, who thrashed me a couple of weeks ago. What's and our scores again? Oh, I think Phil got 350-odd thousand, I think, something like that. That's pretty good. I know people can get 600,000 on it. Oh, it's such a good game. So addictive. It's a really nice game. There's different ways of playing it as well. You can real point scab for it, but it's a risk and reward thing. Yeah. When you start yeah. point scabbing, you do get hit a lot. And it's, yeah, it's a really good game. I really enjoy that game. Do you know there's a really cool version for it on the Vectrex? I've seen the, um, I think you sent me a link and I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Really the, nice. I might have the to music, buy that. everything. Yeah. Very, very yeah. good. It's about 40 or 50 quid, but 
it's a new product and it comes in its own box. It's got its own, you can choose different overlays for it even. And it's a really nice piece of kit and you can't just buy the ROM because I'd, I'd gladly buy the ROM because I've got a multi-cut for my Vectrex. But the guy doesn't do it. He just does it as a, a full-on product, which is well worth it, I think. Cause it's a really nice piece of kit. I like that a lot. It does look good. Another big one we've got coming up soon is the new arcade club in Blackburn, which is run by Andy and James from the New Frontier. And we've got quite a bit of information onto this, and you'll be going to this, because it's just around the corner from you, isn't it? It's not far away at all. Yeah, it's, it's in Haslindon, actually, which is in between Blackburn and uh, Bury, really. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's only about five or six miles out of Blackburn, so, um, yeah, definitely going. I think it's next Saturday uh, is the opening night, 1st of November. Yep. So I'll have a look at that. Oh, it sounds brilliant. I'm quite jealous of you, really, because I'd love to go to this. It, it's sort of like the little brother of the New Frontier Arcade. Yes. Um, we've got a bit of information here. There's going to be around 25 classic video games, the usual thing. I've got a list as well, actually. And there's a bunch of pinballs as well, which is quite nice. And uh, it's going to be held once a month. It'll be 10 quid on the door, which is a bargain. And it'll be open from 6pm till 10pm. That's only two and a half quid an hour for all mm. these games. They're all set on free play. Uh, they've, got, um, they've got all sorts of consoles as well. The list I've got here from Andy earlier on, as you've got Metallica LE Pinball, Twilight Zone, White Water, Adam's Family, Class of 1812, Revenge from Mars. I love Revenge from Mars. <laughs> Judge Dredd, which is quite a newish one. Scared Stiff, Star Trek Next Generation. That's a new one as well. And we've got a great big list of um, classic dedicated arcade games here as well. We've got our original Taito Space Invaders, uh, US Defender, US Robotron, US Asteroid, US Galaxi- uh, Galaga, US Pac-Man, US Galaxian, that's worth it straight away, those. Chase yeah. HQ Driver, Outrun, Point Black 2 Gun Game, and they got a load of Jammer Cabs with Salamander, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, oh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, the best Street Fighter in my opinion. Dodonpachi, Daioju. Love that. R-Type, Bubble Bubble, New Zealand Story, Tetris, plus some more. And the computers and consoles, they've got a ZX Spectrum, Connell 64, BBC Master 128, an Amiga, and they've got uh, some consoles, Mega Drive, uh, Super Nintendos, and they're going to change them around as well to keep it nice and fresh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's good. Oh, you're going to be oh, so lucky going to that. That's probably one of the only reasons why I love living in London, but the North <laughs> seems to have a lot of arcade stuff going on there. You're a lucky dog for that one. Yeah, we are lucky, really. We've got we've got the like Play Expo Manchester and the Blackpool one. Yeah. Uh, there's Nerg, which is not too far. It's about 120 20 miles ish from where I am now. I really enjoyed uh, Nerg last. And year. the New Frontier stuff, yeah, it is good, really. Yeah. We're spoiled for choice. So the website will be in our show notes, but it's uh, www.arcade-club.co.uk. Also, I've been on some of the forums lately, especially on the UK VAC one, and it's also mainly on Dragon's Lair forum. I think that's where it came from. And there's a member called Synonym9 in Austria. In Austria. I was going to say Australia then. In Austria. And he's found, he's had a, a massive barn raid, sort of a, a warehouse raid. And I was, my, my, my mouth hit the floor when I saw this lot. Um, he's found tons of cabs. Uh, he's found a load of generic cabs, jukeboxes, uh, and lots of dedicated. He's, there's still got a little bit of a list here. There's Mortal Kombat 3, an Afterburner, Virtual Fighter 2, SCIs. He's found gambling ca- cabs, gun games. There's a three-player off-road there, which I used to call Joe Mangles Ute Racing. <laughs> You've got twin racers. 
Uh, and he's actually found a six-cylinder Buick, a real car in this warehouse. You can imagine how big this warehouse is to have a, a real car in it, an American car. I saw that, yeah. He's found loads of old pinballs in there. Uh, an Assault, a great game. Uh, two, two original Asteroids, uh, original Head-On, a Super Breakout, and, and just tons and tons and tons more of these. On the Dragon's Left forum, which I think you should look at, I need to join that forum soon because quite a few of my friends are on there and there's a guy called Bruno who runs it. He's a really nice guy. He's oh, the yeah. one that Alex bought the sheriff off of. And there's 27 pages of this stuff on DLF. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes again. But the Dragon's Left fans forum, really worthwhile. Yeah, I was just having a look. That um, head-on, I saw that. Is, is that a rare cab, the head-on? It's quite a rare cab, yeah. It's the same sort of cab as a Frogger. Um, uh-huh. Nintendo actually released the same game called Head on N in a cocktail cab, like the ones me and Alex have got. But yeah. it's, I used to play that game on a VIC 20 years ago, um, a, a, a conversion of it, and it's a great little game. Sort of a racing maze game, if you know what I mean. It's very, very yeah. simple, but it's, it's quite an old one. It does interest me because it came out a few months before Pac-Man and it was a collect the dots thing. So I'm yeah. thinking, was, you know, were, were Namco sort of slightly influenced by it? I don't know. I think they must have been. They were, yeah. they, those sort of things back then. Uh, I got another one from the Four Quarters in Peckham, near me. Uh, they're having a few, few things going on. They've got um, a Halloween thing coming on soon and it's called Butcher's Basement. <laughs> and um, the, the post of this is Pat Butcher with red eyes. It's brilliant. The I wondered what that was. The reason they're calling this is the actual um, the pub where all the arcade games are situated in, in Peckham, is actually an old butcher's. And um, uh. they've still got the tiles on the wall. It's a really fun little place. And they've got uh, a lot of scary stuff going on there for Halloween. Uh, it's got here, how about watching that movie in a creepy Victorian-area basement of an ex-butcher's shop? From October the 30th until 2nd of November, you've got a chance to just do that. London's only arcade bar, the Four Quarters in Peckham. We're opening their basement, including its array of butcher tables and bandsaws. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> to the public, for the first time, for a run of horror flicks, they've got a load of horror films shown there as well. The two movies on offer will be kept strictly secret. Rest assured, they'll be two of the most fear-inducing films around. Right, so if you don't turn up for the next podcast, I know what's happened. Yeah, yeah. Tangled with them bandsaws. There'll be Victor Burgers being sold at the four quarters. <laughs> uh, and Friday the 14th, same place, is Turtles Night at the four quarters. Uh, play, they've got a new four-player Turtles cab there. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games on the consoles, which they got upstairs in the attic, which is great. They've got the movies on the screen and pizza by the slice all weekend, which is a really cool little thing. Come dressed as your favourite turtle and get a prize. Right. Uh, okay, the new movie might not be the best, but the old ones are pretty cool, yeah? Um, uh, I do not want to see that new film. It's a, it's a Michael Day film. It did all the Transformers films. Is it? Michael Rotten. Mann. Rotten. Oh, yeah, I don't want to see that. But I really like the animated one. I'm not sure which number Turtles film it was, but I really like the animated one. It's pretty cool. I think I've missed most of them, and that, that might be a good thing, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, they were sort of my brother's era. He's 10 years younger than me. That was my brother's era. He had all the, the characters and what stuff, and the, the games, and not, not really for me. Um, but yeah, that seems pretty good. I mean, there's, a, there's a big following for the Ninja Turtles, a big following. Yeah, there still is after all these years. It's, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. So you can go to their Facebook page, and links will be in the show notes again for that. Right. Um, I'm going to talk a bit about the new arcade news. Um, yes, there's a lot of new stuff going on, which I missed, completely missed. Yeah, I just, I just keep up to, you know, up to date and follow it a bit. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's um, a new two-player racer from Sega and Codemasters uh, called Showdown. That's coming out soon. That looks similar to like the Dirt games and the like the the, uh, uh, ones, what's the other yeah. one Grid that are on the consoles. I think that's coming out soon. Oh, I didn't um, know Codemasters was still going. You know, I used to love Codemasters games. Yeah, I think they're still going even from the the eighties. It was two brothers, weren't it? The Darling Brothers. The Is Darling it that? Brothers Is that and oh, the guys who did Dizzy as well. Can't remember the names now. Oliver Twins. The Oliver Twins. Yeah, those guys. But there's a yeah. few more as well. But yeah, those are the main programmers there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Bandai Namco, as they're now called, are uh, been busy. They're doing um, Tekken Seven. Number seven, they're on now. Wow. Which is uh, location testing now in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if it'll come over here. Some of them don't. Uh, no, Time Crisis Five. I think that one was special yeah. on the consoles anyway. Time Crisis 5 has been announced. Number 5, wow. Yeah, the last one um, I was reading was 2006, so that's a bit of a gap. Yeah. Um, and they did a spin-off called Raising Storm in 2008, which I played the other week. Um, I didn't really like it. It was just hold the thing, you know, hold your finger on the machine gun and just move left and right, and you could clear the first three levels. It just, no, there was right. no, no skill in it. Um, but one that's interesting me is Star Wars Battle Pod. I don't know if you've seen these on some of the uh, internet. I think I did. Yeah, it's, it's quite a big thing, isn't it? You go, you get inside of it. Yeah, it's a, like a big hundred and eighty degree screen thing. Ooh. Um There's a article on the Polygon website. If we put a link in the show notes, I will. And it's an interview with John McKenzie, who's the president of Bandai Namco, mm-hmm. um, uh, America and Europe. And he, he talks about how arcades have changed to feature huge single player gaming experiences you can't get at home. Mm-hmm. And he says, when you go into an arcade, you need something that delivers an experience you can't get at home. That typically means these much bigger experiential titles, games that almost feel like a theater experience or augmented reality rather than just simply something you play for fun. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying is the the landscape of the arcade has changed. People go to the arcades to play these massive games. They're drawn to play these huge games that you can't play on a console or whatever. Yeah, I and agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so the, it's still it's still alive and kicking, but it's in a different way. You Do you know, know what? When you said about the battle pods, it just reminded me of something. I've been to Japan before. It's quite a few years ago now for our, our honeymoon. And I actually saw these battle pods then. But they had... Um, you sort of sit inside. I didn't actually have a game. I was watching someone play it. You sit inside, and it's got not quite a 360, but sort of a... a uh, a curved screen in front of you that goes from top to bottom, like six foot tall. Yeah. And it projects from the back. And I think they had some, um, drag, it's either Dragon Ball Z or one of the robot games, you know, the mech games? That there yeah. is one called Max Storm that was in one. It yeah, it might have similar. been that then, but that yeah. looked really good. And I think they're all linked up to each other. So you couldn't play this at home. No chance. But if you even think about some of the, the games at the arcade nowadays, you know, the ones you sit inside, like Jambo Safari, for instance, you couldn't get that yeah. at home because you sit right. in there and there's bits going around inside you and like the new House of the Dead games where they, they breathe, it breathes the air on the back of your neck and it gives you that all sort of frightening feeling. That sort of stuff you wouldn't get at home. So keep I going to the arcades, that. people. Keep going to the arcades. It's good. I played that. It was called, I think it's called Dark Escape 4D and I played it the other week. Yeah. Give you the willies. It did. God, <laughs> you, have, you have to keep your hands on the controller. Yeah, and it, it measures your heart rate. I think it's the pulse through your hands. Oh, really? And uh, you know the the screen sort of starts vibrating and everything. Oh, wow! That's a really good idea, isn't it? 
Yeah, and the seat wobbles, and yeah, there's there's air on the back of your neck, and then there's like these horror film scares, you know, things jump, zombies jump out at you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, have they killed uh, anyone yet? <laughs> <laughs> I know, not for I the over fifties or something. <laughs> I needed a drink after that. Yeah. Also, I've been looking at the pinball scene. It's always good to keep up with that. Yeah, we're not against uh, pinballs. We like the pinballs. There's a new pinball from Jersey Jacks uh, called The Hobbit, which is due to be released. Yeah. And um, Stern have done The Walking Dead, which was at Play Expo. That looks really good. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play that. <laughs> no, I didn't. It's um, There was a, just a big queue, and I'm not very patient with queues. So I just because I wasn't it. there. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And also, there's a UK um, company doing a version, well, doing a pinball based on the classic film Forbidden Planet, which is one of my favourite films. Oh, do you know what? You just said that. Uh, I might be going to watch that soon because there's another um, film festival on the BFI London. They're doing science fiction films, and that's one of the films they're going to be showing. I may go and watch it on the big screen. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love the soundtrack as well. I actually bought the soundtrack on CD, and it was made by a. Um, a married couple and I think they just created because it was the 50s they created the synthesizers themselves wow. to make the sounds for the film and they're just so weird and spooky and yeah I think it makes the film actually the backing track yeah and I love film soundtracks really really good sorry I was giving myself an oil job um, what else we got oh yeah Donkey Kong you might have heard this I did uh, this- I did everyone's going mad about this yeah there's new sounds been found in the uh, Donkey Kong game code but, you know, they wasn't used in the actual game. There's three little tunes. They could be for cutscenes or something. Mm-hmm. Like little plinky-plonky tunes. We'll have to put a link. Um, and then there's a couple which are sound samples, like there's Pauline saying help on one of them. And the other one is could be saying anything. It, it <laughs> sounds like hay, it could be cheese, it could be anything. It's like, Argh! and that, <laughs> that's it. It could be cheese, yeah, there might have been a mouse in the game. Uh, yeah, no, m- maybe not cheese, but you know what I mean. That reminds uh, me of, because um, Radar Scope, um, there's, a, there's a, d- a different board version of Radar Scope that Alex told me about. We did it on the podcast a little while ago, and it's a five-layer board, and it had a speech layer board on it. But when you, it's in MAME, but when you listen to it, you can't understand what the guy's saying at all. So they probably use the same kind of hardware for it, and they probably thought, this is rubbish, let's leave it out, let's leave it out. It's weird (laughs) that it's taken them this long, because people have debugged and and gone into it with assemblers loads of times, and they've they've worked out all sorts of stuff, how to cure the, the kill screen and... They've worked out loads of things about, you know, the game mechanics, but then they never found these three tunes. How weird is mm, that? It is strange. That game just keeps on giving and giving, doesn't it? <laughs> you can, um, if you're clever, you can go into MAME and use a debugger on the ROM, and uh, you can find them yourself, apparently, but I wouldn't know how to do it. I can't. No. No, I'll get one of our clever friends to do it for me. But that's, <laughs> that was um, an article in Kotaku. I'll put a link in for the show notes of that as well, so everyone can have a look. Brilliant. Um, another one. Uh, there's another Batcave Blackburn meet coming up next Saturday, which is hosted by Naz and organised by Lewis. Um, this time, it's called the Halloween Hangover. <laughs> this this time, they'll be doing a Darkstalkers Resurrection Tournament. Okay. 
um, the Pac-Man versus on GameCube and Game Boy Advance. I think the Game Boy Advance, you control the ghosts or something. But yeah, that should be fun next Saturday. Ah, I've heard about this one, the GameCube, because you, you plug the Game Boy Advances into the GameCube and some of the, you play the opposite characters after each other. Right. Ah, how cool is that? Yeah, I've heard of that before. That sounds really good. So it's all Halloween themed, so that should be good. But that's on Saturday when you should be at the other gaming thing. Yeah, I'm going to both. Oh, you lucky dog. I'm not sure how yet. Sport for choice. I'm going to have a fast car. <laughs> Teleporter. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go to both. I can't miss them. Oh, that'd be really cool. That's, that's and, almost a day's worth of gaming. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And one more thing. There's um, a new meet, which is uh, trying to be arranged next year, 7th and 8th of February. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's before all the other biggies start, and it's called the Derby Game Convention. Oh, um, closer to me. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit closer to uh, you Savannahs. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're doing an Indiegogo campaign to raise about four grand f- for it. So, okay. um, yeah, I've backed it. It'd be, I'll put a link, well, if you put a link in the show notes. Yes, I will. And, um, yeah, yeah, uh, I think the, I think the cabs are being provided by, uh, the new Frontier Arcade. Yeah. And they're going to have 60, 60 plus consoles. Ooh. Um, all the v- normal vendors, a few indie games and a few special guests, I understand. So. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, back it. I think it'll be good. Yep. Links in the show notes again. I'm definitely going to that one. Mm, yeah. That'll be a good one. Oh, hold on a minute. 8th February, wife's birthday. Uh oh. Oh, can she move it? Mm, come with me. I'll buy her something there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll buy a console. <laughs> I bet not. We'll have to see about that one, but I, oh, I want to go. I want to go, definitely. Right, let's do pickups. The only thing I've got, really, I've got some Space Invaders licensed stationery. Actual Taito licensed Invaders uh, merchandise. Got a pencil case, two pens, yeah. and a 12-inch ruler. <laughs> they also had um, they had notebooks and stuff and folders. So, yeah, a good little gift for Christmas, I suspect. And they're, mm. they're sold uh, in Wilco, which is uh, a UK sort of hardware shop, really, isn't it? Hardware come yeah. boots type, super everything, rugs, everything yeah. sort of shop. Yeah, it's quite cheap as well, so that's pretty cool. I also won two slightly faulty Game Boy pockets as well, because I broke my yeah. Game Boy pocket a little while ago. I was trying to install um, a lighty-up screen in it, and actually yeah. broke something on the screen, so the screen doesn't work. So hopefully out of these ones, I might be able to get two out of the three broken ones I've got. Right. Good I definitely want to play Tetris on it again and Dr. Mario. It's it's so good on the game. Play, yeah. Best way to play Tetris is. I is think so as well. Yeah. That was a killer app for that machine. I still sometimes play it on my. Um, what's the little fold one? GBASP. The little fold. Yeah. 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 I still play it on that sometimes. I've got one of those. I like that machine. It's a really yeah. nice little bit of kit. Yeah. You got any pickups? Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing the opposite of picking up. I'm losing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> is this an age thing Sean? Uh, yeah yeah i've lost um my lead for the gamecube that goes in the back of the tv i can't find it anywhere so me and the lad can't play mario smash strikers anymore Oops. Um, and i've lost my remote control for my gaming tv you know i have a gaming tv with an xrk stick in front of it i think why, the wife's hidden that oh, i didn't think of that Bail. i did not did Bail. not think of that here up lad She's got it in a drawer yeah. upstairs or something. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so not a lot for me. Um, not been picking up a lot lately. I need to buy, I went on eBay tonight thinking, right, I'm going to buy myself some arcade There was so much junk on, on eBay at the moment. I mean, people were selling 
you know, the rubbishiest of cabs for such a price. They're never going to, people are going to buy that. Hmm. So there's loads of junk on there at the moment, but, um, hopefully getting my, my new cab before long. I'm going to keep people updated on that until I get the damn thing. Right then, we have got loads of feedback. Let's do it. Paulie from Arcade Otaku. He said before, he really enjoys our podcast, so he's looking forward to this one. And this is from the week before, actually. He says, I do hope your new co-host has a relaxing voice as both yourself and Chucky Egg, as I listen to each podcast in bed over the course of a few nights. Hmm, in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I do like a Paulie's subtitle. He's got a little subtitle on Arcade Otaku, and it's got uh, Opens Wallet, Moths Fly Out. <laughs> And Pete from Various Forms, who's one of our regular contributors and listeners, he has to say Chucky Egg's London geezer accent is incredible. So <laughs> hopefully he likes the northern monkey we've got now as well. Hey up. Hey up. Hey up. Bye, <laughs> uh, Bobby Idod, another regular listener and contributor, he'd say he's looking forward to work tomorrow so he can listen to it, but that would be pushing the truth a bit far. Mm. I do listen to a lot of podcasts at work myself, actually. It just breaks up the monotony of my job. Alter the Mad and evil. Cheers, Vic. I had a bet with Sean he'd get an in-your-face with a... Hold on a minute. <laughs> he bet against me losing a game. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> Otto. Thanks a lot. You owe him a pint and a chaser, so there. Now, you actually, when you introduced it last last time, you said, uh, this is Sean Holly, the in-your-face Sean Holly. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> he said it. So, yeah, a pint and a whiskey chaser I owe him next time I see him. So I'll buy you one, Dave, when I see you. I'm glad you got that, and she beat me in that flipping game. <laughs> Some bloke called Chunky Egg or something? Chucky Egg? Chunky Egg. I've never heard of him. He likes Sean's for first one. Everyone is sad to hear that Alex has stepped down, uh, but they seem to like the new boy. So that's all yeah. right. Yeah, thanks for all the support. It's been brilliant, especially on the forums. Really appreciate it, yeah. Because Alex can actually come round and deliver his feedback in person if he really wants to. He's only down the road from me. Roger Cantor, another friend of ours. Uh, he's got quite a long one here. Great podcast, guys. Sad to see Alex step down, as everyone is. Uh, but he already knew what was going on, so it wasn't a shocker because they, they keep in contact quite well. He reckons you started a, a little nervous at the start, Sean. Mm, That's probably because of all my awes awesomeness ebbing through, perhaps. I think I probably was a bit, yeah. Uh, and I think you stopped Vic's talking. Hey, hold on a minute. So you could say something. So well done for achieving the unachievable. <laughs> you cheeky gat. Uh, he's got a few comments, which are pretty good, actually. It's quite interesting. You've got to fill your fantasy cab list. Yeah. So you have to do that. Rog has spoken. You have to do it. I have done it. We'll get onto that later on. That's brilliant. I have done it, yes. I'm sure there's 10 games you'd love to own. I'm sure there's, well, there's more than that I'd love to own. Yeah, I had to cut it down from a lot, yeah. Sorted. Uh, he didn't get to chat at Play Expo, because I think he was rushing around playing loads of games. I think you were too busy with Alex doing the walk round at the time. Yeah, it was, it was great, but it was tiring. It's very busy, and it, it was brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's had another thought. The games that should have been in the cab, but were not, that we do, should really be games from back in the day that only had a console computer release, not a game on the PS whatever or Xbox whatever. He doesn't want to hear about them. No, they're dead to me as well. <laughs> but now and again... Uh, a game comes out on Steam or maybe on one of these, like on the, the networks you can download for you know quite cheap, and they, they are retro-inspired. So I think we're going to stick to that. I think retro-inspired maybe, and obviously yeah. back-of-the-day ones, yeah. 
Yeah, the two I've picked um, this time are definitely retro anyway, definitely sort of pre-85, so... Good man. Benson Rad, who likes listening to us on the train on the way home, he was giving you a bit of grief about not owning any cabs. Mm, I've got one. You've got one little, little one. Yeah, little one. I've got, um, I may have a surprise for you later on as well, but we won't talk about that just yet. Oh, right. Hmm. And he was saying that he actually had, because we were speaking about Margate last week, and he actually had his stag party before he got married in Margate. He went to an old school field to his celebrations, which is quite cool, actually. It'll be kind of place <laughs> to have one. SM Radis. Enjoyed this episode, of course, uh, because it was playing a Raiden game, which he really likes. So happy to hear the toothpaste laser being mentioned. <laughs> uh, Dead, St- Dead Storm Pirates got a mention, too, from you. Uh, he used yes. to be the world number one on the PS3 version for a long time, so he's obviously a damn good player at it. Yeah, he seems to be. Uh, I've seen him play it. They're like the bullet hells, and he's just awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. I think when I get to Blackpool next time, I'll have to put some money into Dead Storm Pirates, try and get a bit farther on it. I do enjoy that one. He's also commented that we, we he agrees with some of the criticisms we made about Raiden 2. It kind of made me wish we'd done Raiden 1, actually, because it's... A bit more balanced, I think. It's not as damn hard as Raiden 2, I don't think so, anyway. Mm. Also, the game was much more balanced on Raiden DX, which you said you preferred on the new MAME as well. Yeah, it does seem slightly easier. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I think you keep your power-ups when you switch from one to another. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is one of my bugbears from the other version. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gary Favoured Son, he got over 7 million points on Rygar back in the day. I know. In our faces from Gary, I reckon. I Before I even know your score, I bet you haven't got seven million. Well, he's, he, he put something on the forum. He's, he's got two and a half million this week, and uh, he says he needs some more practice. I said, what? <laughs> Are you joking? Get out of here, Gary. I know. Unbelievable score. Also, Darth Nuno, who is Bruno from the Dragon's Lair Fans Forum, who we talked about earlier, sad to see Alex go. And hopes we won't focus too much on the UK scene, which we have to sort of, um, we have to expand a bit, really, because it's the big thing going on in Europe. I mean, Austria and Germany and Belgium, France, Italy, Spain, really big into the arcades, just as we are. So I'm going to get on the DLF forum and sort of drum up some business for us there, I think, and uh, see what they're doing. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, I need to do that. Definitely need to get on there. Alex kept sort of hassling me to get on the DLF forums as well. And I've, I've seen the, uh, Muddy Music's on there, and a friend of ours, and a few of the other guys from the UK VAC and the Jammer Plus forums. They're also on there. And also Arcade Otaku. So we've got to get on there, I think. And Simon, Simon Den from the Four Quarters, who's uh, who helps run that place, he's uh, giving me some feedback as well. Hi, mate. Can't believe you haven't heard of Dreamland in Margate. Because uh, I didn't live there. He said this was his favourite theme park as a kid. It was obviously a real theme park at one point. Much better than Alton Towers, Stroke Thought Park. Great rides, great arcades, and chart-topping bands used to play there every Friday and Saturday night. So it sounds a really groovy little venue as well. Yeah. All by the beach, so the parents can go sunbathing and leave the kids there and all day. It was actually called Benbon, Benbon Brothers, though, when he was a kid. I uh, also had, I've got it on my phone here, let me just get it up. Some feedback from Chris Federico from the Atari Age Forums, which is another one I sort of need to spend a bit more time on, because that, that's a really cool forum. It doesn't just do Atari. does all sorts of stuff on there. Ah, right. And he's sent quite a long email, actually, which is always really excellent read from him. And he's got a proposal for a home game that would make a great arcade game, and it's Frostbite. And we'll get onto uh, his reasoning for that later on. 
But also, it was done by a, game, a guy called Steve Cartwright on a Atari 2600. And yeah. just tonight, by chance, I was doing some, uh, I was doing some rubbish old DIY in the house. And I just looked across uh, uh, one of our bookshelves and I found my Supercade arcade book. It's a great big thick coffee table book all about arcade artwork and games from back in the day. Yeah. And I just happened to flick through it and there was a big interview with Steve Cartwright, which I'm going to read tonight. Yeah. Because he, he sounds quite a prolific programmer on the 2600. So uh, thanks for your, your email there, Chris. I won't read it all out because it's quite long, but it's got a load of interesting stuff in it, especially from some of the games me and Alex were talking about a little bit a little while ago. A game called Crater Maze. I'll have to look at Frostbite. I've never I think I've heard of it. Well, you're gonna I'm... love it, mate, because it's a cross between Cuba and Frogger, apparently. <clears throat> oh, sounds good already. Yep, it certainly is. And it's got sort of an ice theme going on there as well. So it sounds really cool, but it was an Activision game, so it's obviously good quality. Okay, let's do some shout-outs. <laughs> Okay, um, right, I'm going to give a shout out to the Retro Asylum podcast guys. I'm just getting into their podcasts. Um, they have done one arcade one, but they're mostly based in the console sort of 8-bit, 16-bit eras. Yeah. Um, the one they've just done is a Mastertronic one, and that brought back loads of memories of Mastertronic. You know, the, the started off as a budget company and then moved up upwards and onwards and had, had a lot to do with Sega, actually, in the mid-80s. Oh, right. I wonder where they went to after the uh, the computers. Yeah, they had a they had a, a big um, involvement in Sega Europe uh, eventually. Oh right, okay. Yeah, um, they, they've uh, Retro Asylum have actually done an ebook, a Mastertronic ebook, and it's like I've downloaded it. I've just had a quick look through, Ooh. and it's a hundred and fifty pages of information. It's unbelievable. So you know what? I have yeah. to get that because as a kid having a Vic Twenty and an Atari XL and Spectrum's Commodore sixty fours and all this lot. Mastertronic were a big source of games for me because they were like one pound ninety nine, two pound ninety nine games. Yeah, and I had loads of their games, and some of them were just junk, but I mean a lot of them were really really cool games. And they even brought out um, older games, more expensive games on a budget range later on as well. Yeah, so I had loads of Mastertronic games. I don't know if they got them in America or Europe, but definitely in the UK. Definitely. Yeah. They were everywhere. Yeah. Video shops and, you know, news agents and all sorts of places. They used to, used to find those games. Yeah. So well done to them guys. They're coming up on the hundredth, uh, podcast soon. Um, and I'm hopefully meeting Paul Monaghan, one of the guys from the podcast next week. Oh, um, excellent. I think he's coming up to the Batcave, um, for a few beers. So it should be good. Yeah. That, that's, that's worth checking out that podcast. And, um, yeah, they're yeah. doing, I think they're doing really well in the podcast charts, actually. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, Damn the iTunes them. thing. Well, you, need yeah. to, you need to nobble him. <laughs> give, give him a karate chop in the throat or something. <laughs> no, only joking, guys. I need to listen to those myself. That'd be another one for work, actually. Cool. Mm. I haven't really got any shout-outs this week, to be honest with you. Right. None for me. Um, usual friends, you know, Vip and Aaron and obviously Alex, Chucky Egg and all our friends on the forums. Yeah. No one in particular. Nobody's done me any favours lately. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Okay, next one. What console stroke computer game should have been in the arcades? Shall I go first? If you like, old son. Okay. Uh, just going back to the last podcast, Kevin Anderson, he mentioned Big Mac. Yes, he did. On the C64, which I've never seen. So I had a look at it. And it's kind of like um, a Manic Miner kind of thing. You're in yeah, a, in a room and you've got to yeah, get out. Uh, I like the way you can fall endlessly without dying. Um, 
I like that mechanic in the game as well. Sounds pretty good. It is. Sorry, it is pretty good. Um, you hit the switches um, to to change certain things in the level, but you can hit them twice very easily. Ah, so I think they'll have to change back. that. Yeah, okay. have to change that for the arcade. But did you uh, recognise the cover art, the Mastertronic cover art for that game? Because I, I recognised it straight away when I saw it. I used to no. see that all the time. Really? I didn't. No, I just pass you by that one. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. Right, so I've gone to pick my first um, console computer game that should have been in the arcade. This is on PS4, not yet released. No, only joking. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Crossfire on the Commodore 64, an excellent game. There was a few Crossfires. This one is by Sierra Online, 1981. Okay. Um, they were known for the graphic adventures, but this must be before they got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, uh, the screen is it's a single screen. You've got 42 squares, a, a grid of seven times six squares. Okay. And your character that looks like a bit like a flying saucer, he moves in between these squares. And out from behind these squares, around the edge of the screen, come the bad guys and they shoot at you. And all you've got to do is survive. You've got... Um, I'm not sure that it was ever joystick compatible. It's like oh. eight buttons. You've got your WSAD to move. And then I think you've got IJ... K and L to shoot up, down, left, right. No, too many buttons for me. No, no, not having it. It It's such a good game, though. All you've got to do is survive in this kind of grid of, like this grid maze, um, kill all the bad guys, and then in the middle, every so often, um, something will come out of the middle squares, which is bonuses, so you pick them up, and then you just do it all again. But it's it'd be perfect, I think, as an arcade game, and I thought, I'm sure they've copied this from somewhere. Twin stick shooter. Yeah, so I've had a look around, but cool. I, I can't see anything where they've copied it from. There's there's a game called Targ yes. by Exidy. It's got squares in it, hasn't it? Yeah, that's the closest thing I can find to this. All right, um, okay. Yeah, very good, very good. Right, my one. Uh, I couldn't remember the name of this the other week. Uh, Coriune on a PC Engine. Yeah. It's an awesome little left-to-right shooter. It's a horizontal um, shmup. And you play this really groovy little green dragon. And when you kill all the bad guys, fruit flies out of them. And yeah. you've got this, like, it's, it's, it's such a cute little... It reminds me of um, Fantasy Zone, the really colourful game from Sega. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. And you know, there's loads of power-ups. You can get, like, fiery breath and you know, different um, sort of satellites that follow around your, your character and protect you. And there's, there's huge bad guys, really bizarre-looking bad guys on it. But one of the ones, one of the power ups, or sort of a power down, I liked, is it made you really small. But your your mm. your power was still the same. You still fired the same. So it wasn't like a downgrade. You could actually avoid things a lot easier when because when, the the game gets really really busy. You get a lot going on on the screen. You can avoid things a bit easier, which I thought was really cool. So if you've got a PC engine or um, a PC engine with like I have the multi cart in it. Definitely get it on there or play it on an emulator. It's such a cool little game. Really, really cool. It'd be awesome in the arcade because the reason why I'd like it in the arcade, it's just like a shooter like any other, but it's really, really cute. And I think the side art and the marquee and the artwork could be really, really smart. Mm, it's, um, I've had a look on YouTube. It does look good. It looks like, um, it reminds me of Parodia, something like that, a bit Japanese humor. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me they're the same people, actually. Mm, it's very, very similar now you said that. Be. And you can get huge bonus scores on this game. I mean, when you shoot some of the characters, really big lumps of fruit fly out of them. And if you ca- catch those, you get massive scores. And it's it's just fruit and bullets and monsters all over the screen. It's really, really <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> right, my second choice is called Zolix, also on the Commodore 64, uh, by Firebird, a budget label. I told you you were Spectrum racist. And I and I, I do like some Spectrum games. I love a Tick Attack. I think that should be a future one for the arc, uh, for the arcade. Do you remember yeah. a Tick Attack? A Tick Attack, yeah, yeah, yeah. one. It's yeah. a really quick game, so yeah, it would probably do well in the arcade. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's Zolix about? Tell me. Uh, it's a version of Kicks, really. Without you know the wobbly thing that that annoys you on Kicks. It's got erratic movement patterns, and you can get killed. That silly line thingy that flies around. Yeah. <laughs> so you've thingy. you've just you've got diagonally bouncing balls all over the screen instead. That's all it is. They're one pixel balls that bounce all over the screen. Bouncing balls. Oh yes. <laughs> and you just fill in seventy five percent of the screen. Uh, once you start. Um, start your little line across the screen. You can't stop. If you reverse, you die. Oh, okay. um, the only thing you've got to help you is uh, the fire button, which will reverse the the ball's direction. And oh. I think it's it's not once every life. It might be once every ten thousand points or something. You get one. Ah, so it's limited. So it, yeah. Yeah. So it's sort um, of like get out of jail free if something's coming towards you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's good mechanic. I like that. And as you fill in more of the screen, you can actually move in freely in the bits you've filled in. Instead, in kicks, you just have to move around the lines that you've filled in, don't you? Oh, you can go across. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's just very... I remember playing it with... I remember four of us arguing over the C64, you know, in my bedroom trying to get on it. Hmm. And for a budget game, it was so good. I think Zap, uh, remember Zap 64, the Commodore magazine? They gave it a 90% rating. Wow. And I think it's better than kicks. It's probably easier, but I think it would definitely do well in the arcade. But not as good as Volfide. Um, yeah, maybe not. You have, not as... you have to try that. I love it. Not I, know, I, know, I know our friends No Quarter didn't like it. I love that game. I've got two boards of it. I really like that game. I'll have to give it a try. And my second game isn't really... It's sort of a reverse of what we do, really. <laughs> I was just looking through Mame again the other night. And there's a Russian game, a Russian bootleg. Uh, I can't pronounce this. Sorry, Russians, if there's any listening. Uh, it looks like... Czernij Krabl, C-Z-E-R-N-Y-J-C-O-R-A-L-B-L. And basically, it's actually a Spectrum game. Yes. Been shoved into an arcade machine. It's a Spectrum version of a game called Blackbeard the Pirate. And it's it just looks like a Spectrum game. And I can't imagine it being in the arcade. Why did they put it in the arcade? But it's a bad one as well. I've, I've, I've tried playing it a few hours ago and. Oh, really? I just YouTubed it and it looked awful. Yeah, my, my eyes started bleeding. I had to, <laughs> had to switch it off. My it eyes is, are turning to pies. It's, it's pants. Yeah. What were they thinking? It was pretty bad, actually. So, as I said before about Chris Federico's pick, and that game is by a guy called Steve Cartwright, who we talked about. Um, he was quite a prolific uh, game maker on the Atari 2600. And uh, the game's called Frostbite. And he says, if you have access to it on a 2600, even on emulation, definitely worth time to try it out. Combine some elements of prior games, mostly Cuba and Frogger. But in which way these elements are combined, literally, and make it one of a kind, easily or early RT... 80s arcade quality, so it's right up our street. As you jump from ice flow to ice flow, changing their colours, a la Cuba, you're automatically adding bricks to your igloo at the top. Once you've changed the colour of each of the flows, they all reset so you can change them again, going further towards completing the wave. The risk versus reward aspects come in when you lose a brick. If you decide to press the fire button, which reverses the direction of the flow, 
you're standing on, which possibly helps you to get away from the nasty things that are swimming around, so you can sort of move yourself away from the nasties. Once you've completed the igloo, you can reverse direction all you like without losing any bricks. And true to Activision quality, there's a twist introduced a few waves in. Just as you're getting used to the game, starting to master the controls and thinking, all right, I've got this, a polar bear appears at the top and tries to block you from entering your igloo at the end of the wave. So you've got to try and lure him away, which I think yeah. would be cool for a bonus level on, on an arcade game. Yeah, and he reckons that the maximum jumping distance gets longer and longer with each wave. So you've sort of got to work out your changes, depending yeah. on how long you hold down the joystick in one diagonal direction. And you oh, can also wow. steer in midair, which takes a bit of skill into things as well. So, yeah, cheers, Chris. That's quite a good one, I reckon. I'm just looking at it now. I've just Googled it, and I do remember the game. Oh, the, really? The, yeah, uh, the the screenshots. Are, I, I don't think I've played it, but I remember seeing something about it, yeah. Because the Atari 2600 I played back in the early 80s wasn't mine. It was a friend of mine up the road, and he only had a few games. He had, like, Combat, uh, Space Invaders, obviously, Asteroids, obviously, and he didn't yeah. have many more. Because, I mean, games back then were still quite expensive. You know, you didn't get them willy and indeed nilly. Not for your birthday for Christmas if you were lucky. I, mean, I used to rent them, I did. Oh, really? Rent them, yeah, uh, every week or every two weeks, I think it was, yeah. Oh, cool. Never got that in, in um, where I lived in, in rugby, in Warwickshire. <laughs> so then, let's do Game of the Week. Go on then, tell us what it is. It is an absolutely excellent fantasy brawler called Rygar. I'll edit that out as well. <laughs> it's not that good. It's weird how you hate it and I love it, and that's strange. Anyway, it's from mm. Tecmo, who were, who were uh, formerly Tekken um, in, in uh, 86. Yep. Uh, the Japanese name is Argus no Senshi. Legendary um, warrior! Yes! Uh, what else did, did Tekken and Tecmo they did quite a, a lot of other good games really Bomb Jack which is brilliant yeah. Star Force which amazing is very good amazing game Solomon's Key amazing I haven't played game. I haven't played that but I need <gasps> to oh you re- I used to play it on the Spectrum um, and I've got it on one of the the 19 in 1 I think it is the 19 in 1 arcade board oh yeah oh it's such a cool puzzle game it's really really mm. good mate you've got to play it Silkworm, which I played on the Amiga a lot, but I didn't oh, I play in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow Warriors, Dead or Alive. Yeah, they did quite a lot. The the control method, you actually use something called a disc armor. It's a yo-yo. It, which is, no, it's a cool chain. No, it's not, it's not. It's a cool, sh- cool shield on a chain. It's a yo-yo. Is, no, it's not. It's a lot better than it's a yo-yo. It's a yo-yo. It's a cool yo-yo. It's a rubbish yo-yo. Go on. <laughs> Uh, right, I'm going to read the bit I wrote about it because he's awesome. Right, Rygar is a horizontally scrolling fantasy brawler released by Tecmo in 86. You are a legendary warrior who must battle his way through 27 rounds of enemies and dangerous landscapes to defeat the evil Dominator at the end. Dominatrix? Uh, no, Dominator. Oh, okay. Sorry. I beat him today. I put, I put uh, cheats on just to see all the way through. You beat the Dominatrix? <laughs> okay. Carry with on. It, with a yo-yo. A beta with a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> this is a two-button game allowing you to jump up and to attack using a versatile yo-yo-like shield on a chain called a disc armor. This yo-yo. disc armor can be fired left, right, and also up, which arcs over you, creating a kind of shield if you can do it right. Mm-hmm. Each round is full of endlessly spawning bad guys with various attacks and behaviors. 
Um, there's loads. There's lizards, bats. Oh, you don't like bats, do you? I do not like bats in games. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, they're cretins. Apes, um, demons, lava men, mutants, dragons, snakes. There's quite a few. The main idea is to make it through each level before the time runs out. Um, you've got a small map at the bottom of the screen. I think the only use that is, because it's so small, is just to tell you how far you are through the level. Yeah. Um, you amass scores from like 100 to 2,000 for the enemies. And really, it's all about collecting bonuses and power-ups as Which many are as possible. Lots. Yeah. If you run out of time, you get this death beast thing that comes. All the screen turns black and it chases you. And Did you it's get this at all? couple of times yeah i got it once this morning i was i was because when i was trying to play the game i was trying a few different tactics i thought right i'll hang about and kill things and then i didn't realize the time because you get quite a lot you get 100 seconds i think and yeah. this big massive red thing almost like a caca demon i thought from mm. doom so i changed my, and just got me and give me a bit of a bit of a fright actually because i wasn't expecting it at all <laughs> it, it, i think it's either made of lava or strawberry jam that's what it looks like or so if, or a mixture of the both. You know when you, you do a toast and you put jam in it and it turns into the hottest substance known to man? And that's what that guy's made out of. Yes, that's why I have a beard, to protect against those things. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's a jam filter. <laughs> okay. At the end of each round, you enter a temple containing a statue. Here you will uh, receive three bonuses. A repulse bonus, which is um, it's about the number of enemies killed. Mm -hmm. A rank bonus. I'm not sure if this is based on the number of enemies or based on the number of enemies and the round you get to, I'm not sure. Okay. And the timer, you get more more bonus amount of time left. Uh, the statue in the temple is different each round and seems to hint at what power-ups can be found on the next level. So learning what they mean, it gives you an advantage. There's some obvious ones. There's there's a guy holding an E, which mm -hmm. is an extra life. I worked that out myself. That's is, he, quite is he a clubber? Uh, no, not the size of that E. God, <laughs> keep him whizzing for yonks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's five power-ups that you can uh, give your guy, Rygar. Mm -hmm. um, these can be found by breaking the headstones. There's little headstones that raise up out of the ground after you kill things. Yeah, right. The five. There's a star one, which is increases the length of your weapon. No jokes, please. <laughs> there's a crown. Um, yep. You can kill several enemies with one shot. Uh, there's a tiger one which gives you like a stomp attack, like a Mario ground pound. So if you land on things, instead of bouncing off them... Yeah, and you stun them, don't you, normally? Yeah, you kill them. Yeah, you kill them. Uh, there's a sun, uh, which allows you to fire straight up instead of the arcing effect. If you notice, he doesn't fire straight up. It's sort of to the side a little bit. Is it? Yeah. It's to the right of your character a little. It's not dead in the middle. It's to the right a little bit. And it, it put me off a few times. I missed a few things doing that. Because you can, you can spit me, you're a bit more accurate with it when you, you use it. Are you sure you're not playing Rygar Wonky Rom? Ah, uh, might be. It might be the Wonky Rom version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a cross as well, which gives you invincibility for 10 to 45 seconds. Depending never saw on the level. that. Never saw that. that you get that. I think you get that on level six, I think. Oh, that's why then. <laughs> oh, I beat you. I think I beat you. Ah, shut up. Right. Other items to be found in the headstones are little pickups, these tokens that range from two, 200 to 1,000 points. You get a clear screen symbol, which just wipes everything out and gives you 10K. Yep. Um, you get a question mark. Very rare. I've seen about three or four of them. You can pick it up for a random amount of points, or you can shoot it. And if you shoot it enough times, it will turn into the cross, giving ah. you invulnerability. 
you get a T, which adds, which is a timer bonus, which adds 20 seconds. Um, I'm not sure they are seconds. I don't know if they're actually a bit slower than seconds. Yeah, sure. yeah I think yeah. so. And you get a little E for an extra life. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, extra lives are awarded at 50k, 200k, and 500k on the normal settings. The stars, uh, if you collect seven of these for 70k bonus, that's the easiest bonus to get, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, there's a hidden parchment apparently in a tree on round 13 I'd have got nowhere near round 13 but you get a million points for that a million okay yeah Um, Rygar reveals a hidden depth to its gameplay and really comes into its own when you start to discover all the secret bonuses you get 10,000 for the four guys that are stood on top of each other. You shoot all them before they hit the ground. You get 10,000. Yeah, the stacked up guys, yeah. Stacked up dudes. You get 70k for seven stars, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, you get 10,000 for pulling down left as you go into the temple and you grab the round thing to move it round. Ah, how would anyone ever work that out for themselves? No, it's something, the, sec- the, the counter on the seconds and the score... Or something needs to be aligned. I don't know how it is. That's um, bizarre. How would you ever? That sounds like um, mm. an early '80s text adventure. One of them bizarre ones where you had to hold the melon in the the fourth quadrant, looking to the east or something before anything <laughs> yeah. happened. How the hell would you know that? Yeah, I did notice when you get to the end of the round. Um, there's like a statue, like a big urn in the way, and the guy sort of hugs it and sort That's of like, it. who put this in the way and turns it round. And then when you go into the statues, like you said. There's a homoerotic statue of, no, there's, there's... Um, of a scantily clad man with like speedos on holding stuff aloft. Which I thought <laughs> well, that, that's the hint you see when he's holding the sun aloft. That is a hint that the sun, I think, the sun power up is on the following level or the star power up because I've got both after seeing that guy. I've got some of the power ups before on the first levels. I don't think that's anything to do with that. Mm, I've got the tiger one before. Which is the is that the snow? They got the, the tiger one, the crown one, and I think I've got the sun one before. And I didn't know what the sun one did. Right, I didn't last long enough to use it. Some of the some of them are obvious. Like there is a cross in in the temple on one point, so you know on the next level there is a cross power up, and you do get it. I was pretty cross playing the game anyway. <laughs> uh, what else you get? You get fifty k for jumping on the large blue demon that appears at the end of round four. I've, did you get to the end of round four? Don't be silly. No, really. No. Oh, I hate you. It's very hard to get on jump on though. Yeah. Hundred k for finishing the game, which weirdly is not the highest bonus you can get, and you yeah. get hundred and sixty k for collecting all the five power ups, which I never did. That is so hard. Yeah, without right. dying, without dying. I'll just quickly run through the levels. Level one is a volcano uh, backdrop. I love the backdrops. Yeah, they're well drawn. Really well mm, drawn. This level, you get the basic um, enemies coming at you. So shoot as many as you can. Shoot the dragons who drop the drop the people because they get twelve hundred and fifty points. Yeah, I know. I got them now and again. When you do a jump up and do your arc thingy with your yo-yo, uh, yeah. every now and again, if you stand on something, then you jumped up. You got them easier. You got both the guys together. Because yep. the guy who's the horned guy he's carrying, and then the 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 thing, the flying thing as well, the pterodactyl thingy. Uh, level two, you've got a rocky, barren landscape. A lot more guys like the previous level. There's no real um, difficulty to it. I was going to say, <laughs> level three, um, 
Right, this is where you're leaping over a waterfall, and the only enemies seem to be these griffins that swoop down. And if you get the timing right, you can charge through the level without any trouble. I didn't. But, it, but if you if you sort of slow down, then they then they come in from left and right, and it's a right nightmare. Yeah. Um, level four is nice and a lovely sunset in the background and oh. mountains and yeah, lovely that. Apart from you being attacked by giant worms and lava men. Oh. And. Uh, there's loads of them, but there is an extra life you can find if you can stay alive long enough. Mm -hmm. I just bounce off everything on that level to get to the end. Really, you can if you time your bounces right, you don't hit, you don't land in between the worms and get crushed. Okay. Uh, level five is an underground cavern. It's lovely graphics again, and some leaping blue monkeys. As you do. Uh, yeah, you you kill all them, uh, and also there is a rope uh, in this one where you actually. The level scrolls upwards. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know you did that. Wow. Yeah, he scrolls upwards and then you go along. As later levels, it's sort of, I think there's three or four other levels where you use the rope and and uh, go up and down through the through the levels. But um, there's these lizards with tongues as you climb the rope, and it and they whip the tongues out and get here. It's quite hard that. Hmm. Level six is a valley with a raised shelf of land containing teepees i think it's supposed to be a village mm -hmm. and you get these mutant guys that jump down on top of you and that's very hard level seven is like an icy cloudy mountain range um there's lots of um, the pillars to leap over there's like a, a, a the lava pit that you see on the first levels is actually open and you can fall into it do you know what i mean oh yeah yeah okay yeah uh the the bad guys start firing at you at that point the griffins and I got to level eight, which gives you an indication of a score. Did you um, say griffins? Yeah. That's you know what <laughs> No, it's not him. Oh. Uh, yeah, level eight, plenty of lava men. And that's as far as I got. You got but, to level um, eight? Yeah, I did. I did put cheats on and finish it. But you, you die. You must die every f 10 seconds, honestly, on the later levels. Mm. It's so difficult. I don't know how Favoured Son does it. Yeah, he's a, a savant, I think, in a good way. <laughs> um, I love the music, the repetitive bassline music. I don't know what it is, but it's something I've always liked. Uh, the backgrounds, as I said, I love. And I think the whole game's got a mysterious edge to it. Yeah, um, for all the things I didn't like about the game, the one thing I do like about the game, and it's with quite a few uh, Tekan, um, Tecmo games, there's loads of secrets going on. I mean, there's loads of secrets in Bomb Jack, if you can look for them. And if you yeah. know how to play the game, and even in Star Force, there's like little hidden things you never know about unless you just came across them by accident or obviously looked them up on the internet nowadays. So I do like that that aspect of it. It is good. Yes. And mm. when when was the game released? Was it 84, did you say? 86. 86. So, so there were a lot of others um, that came out after this, and I don't know if this is one of the first. So this actually came out before Castlevania. So did Castlevania oh. cop the whip? Dude, did he copy this guy? I don't know. Because I mentioned it being a Castlevania-like game. Obviously, that was yeah. precedes it. Yeah, yeah. There was like after this, there came Black Tiger. That's a very similar game, isn't it? Yeah, Kadash. Don't know if you know that one. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Golden Axe, obviously. King of Dragons. Yep, heard of those. Knight, Knights of the Round. I like this style of game. Altered Beast. Um, the two Dungeons and Dragons games that had little RPG elements, which yep. I think is very good. CPS two games, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it started. I think uh, Ghosts and Goblins came before this, so Ghosts and Goblins may have inspired this. I think maybe a little bit because you get you get little chests that pop up out the ground, don't you? Rather than the yeah. stones in this game, 
and yeah. you beat them to get different um, power-ups out of them and stuff. Yeah. What I'd change, actually, the thing I'd change is it make the enemies more varied. Um, yeah, they're very similar. Well, I've only one on a few, a few levels because I wasn't that good at it. And um, the enemies sort of, they've got the same attack patterns. You've got them rhinos, which you've got to... Which duck. is weird. They're really low rhinos. You've got to duck down to hit a rhino. And what I found that happened is there's a few little sort of bugs and oddities to the game. Did you notice some of these? No. You probably weren't looking for them because you were enjoying yourself. I was looking to pick fault. <laughs> and um, what I did is sometimes when I was doing a certain level, I thought, right, I'm going to take my time rather than try and charge through the level and get killed. And I'll, I'll kill things and go backwards and forwards. And when I was doing this, if you scrolled something off the screen, like the rhinos, sometimes you scrolled off and they'd be walking over some thin air. So where there was a gap you couldn't walk in, you'd fall in a hole. They were going across it, which I thought ah. that's a bit of a cheat. And also, if there was some like solid pieces, like you know the rocks you've got to jump over, they were yeah. just walking through the rocks. I, I saw the the worm creatures. Yeah, the round worm creatures could actually materialize in the rocks yeah. and then sort of bounce away, kind of thing. But yeah, they, yeah. they didn't go through them to get here. I don't think. I saw a few things that did that. Right. And also with with the rhinos as well. Sometimes there were two drawn on top of each other. So when they came at you, you, sh- you shot at once, you duck and shot once, and then you thought you got him, and then another one's underneath him, and you get killed by it straight away. Yeah. You that have was to keep, really frustrating. You have to keep using your discard more. You've got to, you've got to yo-yo it quite a lot. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to call it discard, mate. It's a flipping yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'd change the, I'd change the animals, maybe. and uh, Yeah. I think... I think it's based on Roman mythology. Looking at the sequels, it was based on Roman mythology. So you could have lots of stuff like harpies and medusas and centaurs, and you could put a lot of that sort of stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead I of like, was, um, I suppose it's down to the hardware. I expect we probably well, there's yeah. like eight levels. Quite a lot of levels for a game of that that sort of era as well. Oh, it's tw- twenty-seven levels. Twenty-seven. Yeah, I, I, really? only, I only got to level eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. my lord! I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. That's quite the, a big game, isn't it? Yeah, the backdrops, um, some of the later ones are just completely different. You get like little knackered villages and... Oh, right. Um, Is that what they're officially called? Knackered villages? Knackered villages. I grew up in a knackered village, strangely enough. <laughs> Most of us did. <laughs> well, the, the hardware, it's got two Z80s, um, six megahertz and a four megahertz. That's quite quick for a Z80. Two sound chips and yep. uh, 256 by 224 screen res. The graphics were quite nice. They're quite colourful, I think. Your guy has a bit of a stride, doesn't he, when he's walking? Bit of a camp stride going on there. No, manly, I think, is the word you're camp. looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's quite well animated, I must admit. And the, the characters are quite quite nice. But as you said, the, the, the characters, the bad guys who sort of chase you at the start, you'll get like three or four of them running towards you, all exactly the same looking guys. Yeah. And when you... That's another thing that bothered me a bit about it, is when you, you, you threw up your, your yo-yo, you'd make this funny noise. Ah! And it kind of reminded me of the annoying noise Kung Fu Master makes. It's similar, yeah. yeah. And also, those, those sort of dome-headed grey guys, they're trying to hug you to death. Yeah. They just love you when they want to hug you to death. <laughs> Friendly guys. Yeah. I also noticed one thing that bothered me as well. It's not a bug, really. It's just me being a bit rubbish. Is when you sort of jumped up and did your arc with your yo-yo to try and get the you know the, the horned guys that are being carried by the, the unfriendly pterodactyls. Dragons. Yeah. If you jumped on a rock and then did a jump, sometimes you'd get hit by the pterodactyl. You'd yes. actually get killed by that. Yeah. 
And oh, one one only good point I found about this game to me is I like this in a lot of games. And if it if it has it in a game, I usually like it. When you kill the thing, they turn into skeletons. Skellingtons. Skellingtons. Not, Not skeletons. Skellingtons. Skellingtons. Because <laughs> in, in stuff like um, Ghosts and Goblins, when you kill something, it turns into a skellington. And I think when you yeah. die, you turn into a little bag of bones as well. I yeah. like that in a game. I also mm. like when you actually get killed your last life, a sort of evil demon comes down and takes your body up through into the sky and obviously back to Hades, wherever you're going from. That was quite good. Yeah, I think some of the uh, there's a, there's a sequel on the NES, um, NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, and it gives you a bit more backstory. And I think he's supposed okay. to have risen from his grave like Altered Beast. Rise this, from your grave. Yeah, this guy. So I think that might be some. I think that might be death taking him back or something. I don't ah, know. Because a lot of the Japanese games, you sort of play them and think, oh yeah, it's a uh, go right and have a fight game. But when you look into it, there's a lot of backstory. And then sometimes on the consoles, they can do it because they can put a booklet in with it and they can have text on the screen you can read and you know, put the RPG elements into it and make it a big story. But these things that we play in the arcade, you know, you just shoot that and hit that and jump over that. That's what you do. Yeah. But yeah, I like it when they do that sort of thing because they did that with Xevious. Xevious is a classic vertical up-the-screen shooter. But there's a massive story to Zevis. It was like a book, and there's all sorts of things going on with the planet, and there was a war going on. There's a huge, I think it might have even been a manga story. It was a, a big thing. I thought, let's just shoot these things and cut the screen. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And when you find out about it, there's a lot going on there. I did have a look at the sequels. Yeah, there was one on the NES in 87. Yeah. And it, and it added RPG things to it. it it's, it, I think it's regarded as a good game, very good game. Okay. Um, it had overhead overhead sections as well as the scrolling sections that we see in the arcade yeah. and it had a health bar which might have oh that would have been better yeah because in this have. game if you get hit by anything yeah you're dead you lose a life and everything in this game kills you it's just coming at you all the time this stuff to mm. kill you and what i found when i was playing it probably due to my lack of skill if you don't shoot a number of times like in green brave you got stab 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 to try and yeah. kill something. If you don't do that, if you just hit it once, there's usually something behind you or underneath it will get you. So you've got to keep hitting to not get hit. And I don't think I was mm. doing that enough. That's why I kept dying, I think. In the later levels, there's these uh, big rhinos. I think there's one that you may have seen on level four. I've met um, level four. <laughs> you have to hit him four times to kill him. Oh, okay. Um, but on the later levels, they're charging at you, and they've got like a, one of the horned guys sat on the backs. Oh, right. And they're throwing things at you. The only way I could do it, I just, <laughs> just jump over them, just jump over and bounce on them, you know. I did notice that, you know, you know the horn guys that the pterodactyls drop down at you? Dragons, manly dragons, you mean? They're sort of camp pterodactyls. Yeah. Um, you can actually scroll the guys off the screen. If they were running the opposite way and they missed you, they'd just run off the end of the screen like idiots. Like, yeah. Where are you going? I'm over here. Come try and kill me. Actually, and no. They sometimes going, run back, though. I never saw any run back. I was waiting for some with my yo-yo poised, but none came back. <laughs> so yeah, tell us um, about the cabinet art, because I don't think this was a real cabinet, was it? Not from what I can see, no. I um, couldn't find a cabinet either, but the the cab they've got made up on cloth yeah. actually looks quite good. It looks quite a nice thing, but it looks like a generic cabinet with a kit. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. The marquee's nice. The bezel's nice. The control panel's nice. And then there's a like a at the top third of the side art. There's kind of a big 
Rygar in, inside. Is it one of them headstone things is inside? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, it, yeah it looks good. Cool. Um, there was also another sequel oh, okay. uh, on the PlayStation 2 in 2002 uh, called Rygar the Legendary Adventure. Yeah. Um, and I've had a quick look on YouTube, and it looks a bit like God of War, um, that kind of 3D roaming around kind of thing. Oh, I get it, thing. yeah. And the Prince of Persia PS2 games, but again, it was before those two games. Yeah. So is did did God of War sort of take a bit from? Because he has his discarmer on on those games where he's flicking out and destroying obstacles oh, okay. to get through. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't like it when they take a 2D game and make it into 3D. Doesn't work very often, does it? They ruined Sonic with that for me. That, I love that, the Sonic games, and when they did the 3D one, pfft, didn't want to know that, anymore. I actually like some of them on the GameCube. Sonic Heroes and Sonic Adventure, something too. Oh, no. I actually like them. No, not for me. Because I, I grew up with um, sort of Mega Drive Sonics, and I love the 2D because they were really fast, really colourful. And in the sort of later ones, there was a lot of secrets going on. I like secrets in games, stuff you can find and hints to find things. Yeah. And, and in the, the, the 3D one, it just didn't really work. Sonic, you know, he's so fast. When you're on a 3D planet, you want to sort of explore around and look at stuff, and it's very di- very easy to miss stuff mm. when you're doing that. So didn't really do it for me. So a big thumbs up for you. Yes, definitely. It is very difficult. If you see someone play it well, like on YouTube, it just it's, it's really good to watch, but it is very difficult. I find it difficult. You've got to be in the zone, I think. So go on then, tell us your score. Dun, 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 dun. I've written it down. You've written it down. Tell me your score. Whoever in it. Shall I tell you mine while you're looking for it? Yeah, go on. <sighs> I rage quit so many times. <laughs> 77,690. Oh, no, really? Yeah, I only got to level three. I kept falling in the drink when you're trying to jump across those platforms. I was slowing down. And what had happened, if you sort of push in right on the joystick and you jumped and you let go of the joystick, you just flopped straight down into the water. And I yeah. kept dying doing that. Which I like winged things trying to flap and get you. I like the control of the jump, though. You, you need to change jump midair and um, mm. change the direction of your jump a lot of the times, don't you? I found it. I got 368,710. In your face. <laughs> right in your face. Well, I can give you a no, sir. Didn't like it. <laughs> Right, next show's game. Um, it's going to be a listener game because I had one, then you had one. And it's a listener game, and we've got yep. a list here. Uh, do you fancy any of those? Well, obviously, there's loads of shooters, but we've done a lot of shooters, haven't we? Yes. Well, if you you have kind of thing, um, but I, I would, you know, I'd love Dodon Patchy or Volgus. I think it would be a close match between us two because you're good at Volgus, aren't you? I used to be. I played it. I got bored of it actually. Right. Um, I tell you what, let's go with an early Capcom game. Yep. Son Son. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I, I like played it earlier when I was, because when I was playing um, Rygar earlier on in my cab in the, in the garage, what I did is rage quit, turned it off, and played Son Son instead, which is way better. Right. Talking to Son Son, he's just walked behind me. Yeah, I saw <laughs> Did the, you see him? Yeah. He's probably after his headset that you've nicked. 
Uh, yes. From his PC gaming. Together. Dad, I need my gaming headset. I want to give someone grief online. <laughs> yeah, Sun Sun sounds good. Sun Sun. It's an early Capcom game. Really cutesy game. And it's also a two-player game at the same time. Ah, is it? I wonder ah. if we can set up a, a main setup online. Play both at the same time. That'd be interesting. We'll get yeah, on to that. Definitely. And if the listeners yeah. want to play along with us, Sun Sun, send us your scores in and any other feedback you'd like to give from us. The Art of Side Art. The one that immediately springs out to me is Galaxian, Namco's ah. Galaxian. Both versions look good. I'm just looking at the flyers now, but I'd say the Japanese Japanese cab just has it because it's a, just that bit more colourful. Yeah, this is an... I've got a bit of a history of Galaxian. There's actually three Galaxians. All right. There's the US version, which is in the classic cab that looks like um, Pac-Man and Gallagher and all those kind of cabs. Yeah. There's the a Japanese version, same shaped cab, but much nicer artwork in my opinion. Different coin doors, different buttons on the control panel, and all sorts of different stuff. There's also a UK one. There was a licensed Bell Fruit UK one, which was by the Fruit Machine people. Oh, I think you I, had one, didn't I've you? I've actually had one, and it's a very boring brown cab. <laughs> it's a wood yeah. wood sided thing, same marquee, uh, boring plain blue control panel rubbish <laughs> there's nothing to that but as you said the namco version which is a lot rarer has got nicer side art on it um it's got different art and the buttons the start buttons are square on it and they're really hard to come by yeah and it's yeah, got like a it. green coin door on it a green metal coin door and i just prefer all of the the japanese namco cabs i mean puckman it's completely different. It's a white cab with really nice round side art on it. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure about the Gallagher, but there was also Xevious came in one of those cabs. And that's a uh-huh. really nice looking thing as well. But yeah, definitely. Because the Galaxian art is lovely. It's got these sort of um, winged beasties, like sort of bee type insects, doesn't it? As the, the yeah. bad guys on it. It's got the really cool Galaxian font as well, which everyone loves. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I had that... Um I printed out the flyer um, years ago and put it in my gaming room. This is at a time when I did have a gaming room. I don't yeah. have any more. Um, it was on my wall for years, years oh, and years. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it. I've got my cab list. Yes, give us your uh, fancy cab list and <coughs> reasons right. why you may have these in your... If you won the lottery, you'd have a big place to put your cabs in type thing. Right, the reason I'm picking these are not based on... I know people love uh, collecting the cabs. These are based, for me, purely on the games. Yes. Not, you know, so they could be in a jammer cab or anything. It's just, just on the games. So the games yep. I'd go for in cabs would be, obviously, 1942. Yep, that's nice. Uh, Galaxian, because that's one of the ones come back to over the years. Same here. Outrun 2SP, which is just my favourite racer. It's just like... It's just like playing a sunny day. It's just so nice. Have a sit-down racer for that one? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know people have got those. They're nice cabs. They are nice. Uh, Dodon Patchy 3. Dodon Patchy Da Uju, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. That, that only came in a kit, so you'd have to make your own side out for that one, I think. Right. Uh, some game called Rygar, which I've heard is very, very good. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I would, yeah, I'd, I'd have that one. Commando, the Capcom version. Um, that is I a really that. nice cab. I, know, I think Aaron from Jammer Plus had a cap, uh, Capcom Commando. It's a really oh, nice yeah. cab, really nice cab. I'd have that till I finished it, I think. That's a, that's a game I really want to get into, cap, uh, Commando. I like cap, uh, Commando as well. I can get to level three on it. 
Mooncrester. Oh, I hate Mooncrester. I love everything about it. The sound, the graphics, everything. Uh, Eyes, which is one of my favourite maze games, maze shooter. Uh, it's not very well known, I think. Rockola, Eyes, have you heard of it? I played it tonight. Looking on your list, I had a quick go of it. It's a fun little uh, game. Yeah. We'll have to cover that one in the future, yeah? Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, Berserk. Yeah, which, definitely Berserk. Yeah, very, very good game. I've actually owned one of them, and I sold it to James, and it's now in the uh, the New Frontier Arcade, which is nice, because everyone gets to play it now. I think he's put a new control panel on it, you know. Uh, yeah, you may have put an overlay on there because it's, yeah. it's a stainless steel panel. The overlay I had on there was just uh, like an aftermarket one, I think. Right, right. And finally, Cuba, but that is partly because of the cab is so nice oh. as well. It's... Did you see there was one for sale on the UK VAC forum? I uh, know, you can't sell it, can he? Well, so far. So I far. think you should sell your car. <laughs> but it's 1200 quid isn't it yeah but it is a really nicely and it's got the um it's got the, the multi-game in it as well so you can play yes. faster harder impossible cuba whatever it's called and also cubits cubes that is a really nice cab if you've got mm. some life savings yeah <laughs> or or the, your boy's inheritance yeah spend it <laughs> the, about, about the, the shopping this week darling um do you like beans <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, how many is that? Is that six you've got there? No, it's ten. You've got ten. Okay, but if you want another cab in future, you've got to get rid of one of those. Yeah, that's the way it works. My fantasy cab list is on the website, and so will yours be when I put it on there in a minute. And mine is full, I think. So yeah, if you want a new one, you've got to get rid of one. I'd get rid of (laughs) Rygar. The the one I'd get rid of if anything else comes along, I think, is Commando at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few I get rid of there. Right, let's do the uh, competition draw, shall we? DK mugs. Yeah, sounds good. Right then, Sean, we'd like to pick uh, one of the numbers out of the first column I've got in front of me. Column two. Okay. The first one we've got is Paul from Arcade Otaku. Right, and the next one, please. Uh, three. Number three is... Oh, Pac-Man, Alf, UK Vac. It was really good at Don Kyung. They'll suit him right down to the ground. And number three, please. Three again. Three again. Ian Ski. Well, uh-huh. those lucky winners are going to get sent a DK mug, uh, and I'll get the, the guy who does the mugs to send it out to them as soon as possible. But if those people, I'll try and get in contact with them. I think I'm in contact with all those people. I'll get in contact, get their details off of them, and we'll get the mug sent to them. Excellent. Yeah, well done. <laughs> anyway, that's about it from us. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Yeah, thank you. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, view all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk or email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can Twitterize us at 10 for me and at Nintendo Arcade for Alex. We'd love to hear from you regarding game suggestions, personal arcade experiences or anything arcade related you'd like to share.